You're listening to the Heritage Film Club podcast show. It's three lads chatting about a movie that one of them forced the others to watch. If you're looking for an in-depth analysis of your favourite movies, boy, have you come to the wrong place. My fancy British accent is as smart as this show will ever sound. These guys barely know what they're talking about. It's time to sit back, relax and enjoy. Welcome to the club. Now here are your hosts, Mike, Brian and Clayton. On Halloween night, 1963, six-year-old Michael Myers brutally stabs his 17-year-old sister to death. He spends the next 15 years locked away in a mental institution under the supervision of Dr. Samuel Loomis. But in 1978, on the night before Halloween, Myers escapes the facility and heads back to his hometown of Haddonfield, Illinois, where he begins to stalk a trio of teenage girls, ultimately leading to a teenage murder spree. <laughs> Welcome to the Heritage Film Club. (laughs) This is our bonus Halloween episode where we are going to discuss the 1978 movie, Halloween. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? Uh, I'm Mike, and as always with me are Brian. Hi. And Clayton. Hello. All right, so go through the stats and then we'll jump into what we thought of the movie. So as I said, 1978 release. This had a budget of around $320,000. This was a definite independent film. It grossed around $70 million worldwide, $47 million in the US. The movie is directed and scored and co-written by John Carpenter. John Carpenter, of course, is the director of uh, Assault on Precinct 13, Big Trouble in Little China, The Thing, Starman, Village of the Damned, They Live, The Fog, Escape from New York, and its sequel, Escape from LA, Christine, and lots more. Uh, The movie stars Donald Pleasance from The Great Escape. Uh, He played Blofeld in You Only Live Twice, and he was in THX 1138. It's a feature film debut of Jamie Lee Curtis, who went on to star in such films as True Lies, My Girl, Trading Places, Freaky Friday, and a whole bunch of Halloween sequels. The Rotten Tomatoes score for this one, critic or audience? Audience. Audience. Critics. Do we ever get that right? I think we usually I'm not sure pretty we either pick it right. oh, I'm not sure. I don't think I either pick it right. Yeah, it's um, 96% on Rotten Tomatoes for the critic score. Damn! And it's 89% for audience score. It's got an IMDb rating of 7.8 and a Metacritic score of 87%. It is, of course, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre side granddaddy of the slasher film and went on to inspire uh, basically the whole subgenre of slasher films, reinforcing tropes such as The Final Girl, things like that. Right, so shall we i want to hear from clayton first what did you think of it now would you like 1978 clayton or 2020 clayton oh. yeah that's how i thought it was going to go okay um okay. just yeah you go you you choose well okay 2020 clayton Didn't no like it. Yeah. no it was terrible i was bored and yeah we'll get into it 
Okay, and 78 Clayton, who wasn't even born yet. <laughs> um, like, okay, so I'll, I'll get into it um, when we do the next go around the 78 version of me. Okay, Brian, did you like it or not? I did. That's a qualified I did in there somewhere. Um, I did, but I didn't think it was scary. Yeah, okay, I agree with And that. we'll come back to that too. Yeah, okay, I agree. So I think based on probably more of a modern definition, this would be more of a thriller than a horror uh, because it uses a lot of um, suspense building and tension ramping more than uh, shock scares for the most part. It does have a couple of <laughs> shock scares, but I kind of like that. It's sort of more in the vein of... Um, Jamie Lee Curtis's mum's movie Psycho, yeah, uh, which which was the same sort of thing. That also could be classed as partly a slasher movie, at least as much as this. Um, it's got the most famous shower scene in movie history, probably. So yeah, I I like it, and I agree with you, Brian, that it's doesn't really hold up as a scary movie. And most of the slasher film part of it only happens in the last maybe 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah, it, it did kind of feel like watching a piece of history. It sounds like a weird way to put it. No, totally. Kind of, I, you're very, I, I was very conscious of the fact that it is, as you say, the granddaddy, essentially, mm. of the, the slasher movies and probably probably the most seen, if not the most well-known. I, I know a lot of people who've seen Halloween, but not a lot of people who've seen Texas Chainsaw. True. Yeah, and it was just a little bit of observing history, which maybe coloured it a little bit in terms of what I thought of it. Yeah, Halloween's also probably an easier watch than Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, yeah. Would have scared me stupid when I was 10, or, you see, 78? Uh, 8. Mm. Um, which, yeah, so neither of you were born when this movie was out, correct? Correct. Yeah, 81. Okay. Yeah, right. 80. Thank you. So predated me just by a couple of years. Hmm. Okay, so 8-year-old me. Fine. Um, yeah, I think when I was watching it, I was watching it through that lens of this is a piece of an actual piece of film history like it has relevance i mean it's it was put into the film registry the whatever it's called the um oh, i'll have to look it up i should know that like um film hall of fame type thing or yeah the the oh. u.s um congress one or whatever it is um, oh yeah okay. for movies that are um historically sure. relevant or important or something yeah. are um, you for real yeah, this movie, um, Clerks got put in, if that makes, I don't know, like, I do like Clerks, I'm not saying that's a bad movie, I'm just, that is also in there, but yes, Halloween is is in that registry, and obviously it, it went on to inspire a whole bunch of movies after this, it exploded a genre out, so without this, you know, you don't get to Freddy, you don't get to Jason, and a whole lot of other B and C and D movies and a whole lot of other movies which essentially took the template, did precisely the same things mm-hmm. and tried to make it look like they're original. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Which possibly doesn't help watching it in hindsight. You know, I've seen this kind of thing. Yeah, but back then, you haven't seen this. No, well, no, exactly. That's the that, thing, yeah. yeah. Exactly what I mean, yeah. It's the, at that point, it's, it's groundbreaking and you can see why they put it into an archive, you know, the movies that changed the game, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, inspired the other good ones. And then it just a whole bunch of copycats beyond that, I guess. Yeah. So, Clayton, your um, 78 review? Okay, like, okay. So, if I, I feel like, if I had watched this back in 78, where nothing like this has 
came before, right? Mm-hmm. I would get the hype and I would get the whole 88%, 92% matrix score on Rotten Tomatoes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I get it, but through today's lens, it was like watching paint dry. I was just like, this is terrible. Yeah, and do you know what? When but I, was watching but, but I get it. I, yeah. But I get, I get that it's part of history. I get that it started a genre. I just feel with what we have today in comparison to what I'm viewing, it didn't scare me. It didn't do anything. It, it like, yeah. But do you know what, though? Like, I feel like a lot of these sort of movies or movies that try to be slasher movies sort of almost maybe took it too far and they are more about the gore, the violence, the shock scares, the, you know, all of that stuff, where this really wasn't about that for the most part. Um, New ways to be gory, like like a Saw movie, for example. Yeah, yeah I love Saw though. Yeah, okay, but see, that's that's a different genre. That's um. It's no, no, but ho- I love Saw form. from the no, no, I love Saw from the psychological point of view. It's like okay. you have option A or option B. You lose your arm, you lose your leg. What do you choose? Mm. Do, do you mean like it's? Do you think it's a smarter movie in that respect? And I, I don't mean to be, you know, I'm not being daft about it. But do you think it's it's just like a more clever movie that way? Saw because you have to in think re- a little more about it in relation to to what i was looking for mm-hmm. yeah um with this this movie to me was literally a dude killed somebody came back 15 years later and stalked a couple of girls and killed them it's like okay i like i, I didn't see what the big deal was did you yeah okay. so okay yeah. so when I was watching it, I was thinking about you watching it and going, thank you. Isn't it? You're welcome. <laughs> um, it was, um, and I was thinking, yeah, you're going to find this extremely tedious because Michael Myers isn't in it a lot. And a lot of the build up before he starts murdering people is him sort of just popping out of the shadow, popping back into the shadow. And you're just like, it's teasing it for a long time to build it up. He doesn't talk in the whole movie, eh? Pardon? He doesn't talk in the whole movie, eh? No. Crazy. Hmm. Okay, so so what I was talking about before was the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress for movies that are culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. That's what I was trying to say. Um, Yeah. Right. So, yeah, um, I think it's a different sort of movie than what you're expecting then, because you like those, what they, I think they're called horror porn or something like that i was expecting like so like if you take the exorcist right mm-hmm. i mean the exorcist isn't really scary it's more funny than scary but it did not on purpose yeah not on yeah. purpose I, I just find it funny um but it, it was it was still able to hold my attention okay where i found this one like and it's it's nothing on the movie because it's we're just in a different time period and we have been exposed to, let's say, how you were saying, this started the genre, right? Mm-hmm. And we have been exposed to A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and everything along the way. So now, if I go back and watch the beginning of it, yeah. I'm like, oh. but I'm not knocking it. It's just, just not my cup of tea. That's you could say that about movies in general, though. If you go back and watch movies from <clears throat> the um, golden era, even say something like Wizard of Oz, right? And then you look at fantasy movies and how they've come now. 
it would be the same thing, wouldn't it? Yeah, and that's for everybody's cup of tea because there are going to be people out there that absolutely love and worship The Wizard of Oz. But then there are people who will watch that now and go, I get it, I get why that movie is, like, great, but it just bought the crap out of me, you know what I mean? Yes, that's what I'm saying. So this, that's not a criticism about this movie particularly. Oh, no. It's a criticism no. about um, how films age. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, sometimes that's the case. I did. I found that with Casablanca. That's a big tangent. Um, oh, I'm watching like Casablanca movie. finally, and I, and I at the end of it, I went, I don't see what all the fuss was about. I was going to select that too. <laughs> I, I like Casablanca, but I do agree I've never that... seen it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I thought I was glad I watched it and I enjoyed watching it. I've always been a big Angry Bergman fan. And then at the end of it, I went, okay, I, in hindsight, I still don't see what everybody goes on about for Casablanca saying it's such a great movie. And, I think and that... it, whether, I'm not, yeah, mm. whether that was just me or whether it was a benefit of hindsight, however many decades later, don't know. I think there's a, there's a big bit of that in this. Yeah, and I think a lot of that, um, with movies like that, and even Halloween, they're remembered so much later, in years, decades, because of certain scenes from those movies. So Casablanca yeah. is famous because of certain quotes and scenes. Of course. Um, Chinatown the same. Mm-hmm. Um, Halloween will be remembered for certain things as well. I have a question for you guys, if I may, or a question and a follow-up question. Hmm. Did you, when you were watching it, were you, as I was doing, mentally look, um, just working through it and seeing how sort of the scene was set and kind of predicting where he would appear or what would happen next? You know, like to someone standing there and the phone goes and they go to answer the phone and, and turn to cover up a, a window or a doorway. Oh, totally. And then when they turn back, oh, I'm, he's going to be there. And of course yeah, he is. Totally. Yeah. Cool. Same, same claim. And, yep. and then I wondered, is it was it a case of... One, well, we're used to that style of filmmaking now, as we've been talking about. Or was it just that it was obvious? Well, see, I don't know. Like, I haven't quite decided myself. I think from from a modern point of view, it was very clearly how the shots were set up mm-hmm. and everything. You could tell, like, she would answer phone standing in front of an open wardrobe. I mean, come on. But, yeah. but if you had watched it back <laughs> then, where the, these movies weren't prevalent... It may yeah. not have been so obvious. I it mean, would have been new, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and I wasn't sure whether it was. Yeah, maybe we could ask twenty twenty Clayton, nineteen seventy eight Clayton, who wasn't born. No, I, <laughs> do you know what I mean? That's that's what I that's what I think is yeah, seventy eight. It's oh, it wouldn't be so like oh, this is going to come, this is going to come because I've never seen it before. But right. twenty twenty, yeah. yeah, we're like yeah. ah, we've seen all this before. Yeah, so it's it's kind of just because we're all it's all ingrained or it's just a it's become. It's not, not a cliche, it's not the word that I want. It's just become normal. That that's how you set up a shot yeah. like that in, in this kind of movie. Um, so not a criticism of, of John Carpenter's movie making by, by any means. Yeah, I just wondered whether your take on it was this, was the same as mine, you know. And and I think it was I think it's because of oh yeah, seen that kind of thing. Almost ashamed to have watched this late. Mm. Yeah. So Clayton, you said you were bored, but did it yeah. not give you any sort of sense of tension or did it not build up any suspense for you at all? Like, even with the music and everything? I like the music, but no. Okay. Because I was just like, it's like, you know the scene where um, the, the cop, I, I want to say the cop, or he's the doctor, um, he's on the corner of the street and the bad guy's in the car. And drives past him. Yeah, he looks one way and you see the car on the corner. Yeah. Then the car drives and he turns the other way yeah. and 
the car disappears. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <sighs> yeah, because it was taking like he wasn't doing anything; he was just driving around for the day. Yeah, <laughs> but that's how, like that's how I felt. Like there was, like, I didn't find any suspense, and I didn't find like it, it just. Yeah, like, I don't want to shit on the movie, but because it it gets, I get the mood, like I get it. I just don't want to shit on it, but it just wasn't for me. So, what did you think? Did you like the the score, Brian, or is it? I that's the one thing I always love about John Carpenter movies is the score, because because yeah. he does them himself. Um, yeah. And I like John Carpenter movies, the ones I've seen. I'm not seen all of them, but the ones I, I've seen, I really liked. And a lot of the time, they're not very good. Yeah, some ones that hold up whole. really well, but but as as a whole, but the score every time, and yeah. if there was any any bits of tension in this movie, I jumped in spite of myself, and not a lot. It was because he hit the note, you know. There's that yeah. there's something about the score, and he really winds it up. But then then you do get to the point later in the movie where, oh, there's a there's a bit of music again. Something's about to happen. Becomes a marker. Yeah, and that's that's you know definitely I mean? something that's followed through to horror movies. Yeah. to this day it's yeah um, and it's, it's become it's a that is a trope as, as you said before it you is, know it's that's yeah. but I, I do love carpenter scores because they're always really um i mean escape from new york has a great score very kind of different to this one but that always stands out for me i do like that but yeah. and i mean it's a very basic score if you if you listen to it um and he did do it just at home i think i mean this was all shot in something like 20 days and it was very rushed and very budget, and that's one of the reasons he scored it. But I really thought it's, it really adds to the movie a lot. We don't have the budget for a score, so... No. Play, play some spooky music in there, and be like, ah, oh, something's happening! Right, so what did you think of Jamie Lee Curtis, since this was her first movie? Uh, yeah, I don't know, I just, yeah, she was here. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she certainly was. No, I was just, yeah, she was here, she did a part, yay! I think she was the least annoying of the characters, which I'm going to assume was on purpose. Yeah. Like these kinds of movies as well. I, I felt like it anyway. It's like, well, okay, she's really annoying. She's doomed. Well, that's the the, the final girl trope, right? Like, yeah. There's the group of girls, the ones that are drinkers and smokers yeah. and sexually promiscuous, mm-hmm. are the ones who go down first. Yeah. Um, In, yeah. No Anyone who's in these movies. Yeah. Well, I mean, Scream. You know, edit that out. Yeah. yeah Scream it's... tells us that directly. Like, don't have sex in a horror movie. Otherwise, you're going to die. So. Stay home and carve pumpkins. Hmm. And watch Maybe horrors some... on TV shows. Which, <laughs> which, which, in a cool little full circle thing, they're watching <laughs> The Thing, the original version, which John Carpenter then went on to remake. Ironically, if you watch either The Thing, the version that was on TV, or the one that Carpenter made, those are scary movies. The original one is definitely for mine. Genuinely, it's a good, solid, scary movie for mine. I actually wouldn't mind doing the Carpenter one at some point on the podcast. Because mm. that's another 80s movie I haven't seen. Have you not? No. Oh, actually, going, going through his list, there's a lot I haven't seen, but I know of. Because they're so the, famous. Oh. The only one I would suggest, maybe we'll get comments, uh, don't bother with Escape from L.A. I don't think anyone just, will disagree, I think. Just don't. Yeah. New York, yeah. LA, no. It's Kurt Russell, eh? It is. Yeah. Snake, 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 snake eyes. Skin. Snake eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone knows about the movies, but not everyone's seen the movies. See, that's sort of like this. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what did you think of Michael Myers then, Clayton, as, as, a, as the bad guy? I like the little boy. 
Because it's just creepy when it's a little boy? Yeah, because it's just a hell of a lot more creepy if it's like that shot. Because I assumed that the, that the dude in the mask doing the stabbing, the stabbing, like who eventually becomes the sister, I thought that was an adult because I was like, oh, he's waiting for the boyfriend to go home so he's going to go off and rape her and then just like kill her. Um, but then when it pans out and the parents come home and he doesn't run away and then you get that shot and it's a little kid just holding a knife, I was like, oh, that's badass. But then he turned big. Didn't it show the kid going up to the room? In the mask. I just assumed it was the yeah. kid the whole time. It's all from his perspective. Yeah. I think his neck Clayton when it starts, he's... Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all... And it, it doesn't... Yeah, it only turns to... So you see him when he's outside and his parents are home, yeah. Oh, that's bizarre, because I just assumed it was the kid the whole time. Like, I didn't even think that it was someone else. No, because yeah. it opens with the two people on the couch, and they go upstairs to... Have the I don't quickest know. sex ever. Yeah, I was going to say kiss <laughs> oh, because no. they literally go up and he comes down and he's putting her shirt on yeah. and she's she's somewhat naked upstairs. I'm like, either you blew your load or you just <laughs> kissed and then went home. <laughs> yep. That's the first thing I thought. I was like, damn, that was fast. And like, they are pretty satisfied. So, I was, And it was the same in the last, in the, the sex scene with um, the, the blonde girl and the guy with glasses. On the bed. Names. Yeah. I was like, that was also the same. It was just like, well, they got that over with very fast and then lit up a smoke like they were completely satisfied. And, well, then they get killed, so it doesn't really matter. But, um, yeah, uh, the one thing that I found really laughable in that scene that you're talking about with the boy, um, when he comes out onto the street, the parents come home and they're standing there and they're like, Michael? And then as the camera's pulling out, they're just weirdly standing there staring at him <laughs> like that's not what you would you'd be running into the house or you'd be trying to take the knife off something as he holds a very large knife with a lot of blood on it yeah, yeah. But actually yeah. not yeah. even that much blood, I thought well, actually hmm. not to be fair yeah yeah for someone, some blood for some blood and I think that's not really a lot of blood but there's probably restrictions on what they could use I guess but yeah, he's a child I mean, you look at this through a modern through modern eyes like Clayton must have and the murder scenes are pretty laughable. Yes. Um, the the stabbing of the sister, the brutal murder of his sister at the beginning, is nothing. <laughs> it's it's like, maybe it's because we're desensitized because of how far the other way they've gone um, in these sort of movies. But a lot of the murders, are this, even the strangling him with the um, I think it was the telephone cord, mm. which wouldn't make sense to a lot of people anymore anyway. But yeah, I was gonna say, do you people reckon people watch this and be like? What the hell is that thing? <laughs> I think people who are old enough to watch this wouldn't know what a telephone is. Well, I just some like, people don't. I saw that one was also a weird choice because this is supposed to be a... Well, I guess it wasn't supposed to be a slasher movie. It became a slasher movie. But um, using strangling someone just seems a little less intense. But I guess they're very intimate ways of killing people. Using a knife and strangling someone and... Choking them out. Yeah strangles the one guy and then he stabs him which I thought was kind of clever because then when he stabs him he can't scream there were some also some just really weird decisions like from the characters and again this is mm. it is the area it's in but you know the the girl who was babysitting the little girl Laurie's friend who was just trying to get out of babysitting so she could go and bang her boyfriend when she goes into the garage the car's locked 
and she said, oh man, the car's locked, I have to go and get my keys. Mm -hmm. So she goes back and gets her keys. When she comes back, she just totally goes and opens the door. Yeah. No, nothing, like she doesn't even think about it. It's not until she realizes the window's all fogged up. I'm like, you specifically went to go and get your keys <laughs> and you came back, you'd still know the door was locked. And, yeah, and she know. tries the door, and it's just, yeah, it doesn't even try the key. Right? She doesn't even really try the door, she just opens the door, like it yeah. was mm -hmm. always unlocked. Movie magic. <laughs> I, I'm not saying it's a continuity error, I'm just saying it's a dumb thing on the character's part to not, I don't know, anyway, thinking too much about it. Um, I think yeah. some of these some of these movies rely on dumb a lot of the time. I of mean, course. Even, even as I'm watching it, I'm going, she stabbed him, she's dropped the knife. You know exactly what's yeah. happening after that, and then when yeah. when she stabs him again, when when she's in when she's in the wardrobe, yep. and who thinks that that's going to stop him when he's really broken through a very solid door downstairs, mm -hmm. and then she kind of ties the the thing around the, the handle on that very very flimsy wardrobe, and she thinks that that's going to keep him out, yeah. and then she stabs him, and he goes down, and then the whole oh I'm just going to put the knife down again, I mean you know why these things happen, but you're still looking at it going well that's just daft. When, when she stabbed him in the living room mm. and he fell behind the couch and then she yeah. just sinks into the couch like she's just one. Yeah. I'm like, really, run. dude? I'm like, Why wouldn't yeah. you run outside? Just run. Literally yeah. one stab or something and it was just like, really? Yeah. I mean, I guess you'd think he was a normal human, um, but still, that well, seemed a bit weak. Well, to be fair, if any of us is ever in that situation and we find out what we'll have done, True. we'll come back and we'll tell you. This is a good point. Stay tuned. Yes. Um, when I'm a teenage yeah. female babysitter and I'm yeah. being stalked by a mental patient. Hold on to that dream, Mike. Hold on don't, to that dream. Don't let it go. Hold on no. to that dream. One day. Cool. All right. <laughs> I have some observations. Okay, go. If that's if you don't mind. If that's no, okay. go, go. Think, things we learned from this movie. Yes. When you're driving, check your mirrors. Yes. Because he drives behind that, those girls a long time. Oh, yeah, I wanted Does to anybody them. ever check their mirrors in the 70s when they drive? Well, I thought a lot of people same. don't here, where I live, they don't check their mirrors either. No, I thought the same. When they're driving <laughs> around, I'm like, when I'm driving, like, I'm not a, I'm not the best driver, I'll give you that. But I'm always just checking who's behind me, and I always notice if it's a car that's been behind me a long time. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, this is bizarre. But, I mean, they're teenage girls, they're chatting, they're not paying attention, yeah. whatever, they're true. more interested in smoking. And they might have but, been stoned at that point, in fairness. True. What my bigger concern was, is, and this is a really weird comparison, but when I started recently watching Batman 66, the Adam West Batman, mm -hmm. it always jars me that Batman is running around in the daytime. Yeah. Like, always. Like, he's running out of the courthouse or the, the mayor's office or into the street and jumping in the Batmobile. Yeah. It's the same as this. Seeing a serial killer in full costume. Yeah. Walking around in the daylight. Yeah, it's just it's bizarre. Yeah, it's so weird. There's no point being a bat in full sunlight. Yeah. Or being a, a serial, creepy serial killer in full view, standing in amongst somebody's washing. Yeah. In the backyard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and also, this is the guy who you only ever see calmly walking around to make it scarier, right? Because he's like this yep. unstoppable guy who's just going to take his time because he knows he's going to kill you. But then, let's talk about that scene with the hedge, right? He's yes. out in broad daylight. He pops out from behind the hedge in full costume, mm -hmm. and the friend sees him. And then when they walk up to there, he has disappeared. 
So yep. all I'm picturing is he went back behind the hedge and then just did this funny little sprint. And he's, he's legged it into the backyard and yeah. got Run! over the fence or something. Yeah. Right? And then yeah. picturing that just makes it so unscary. It's just mm. like, oh, it's... Yeah. Yeah. This is not supernatural. He's just this guy who yeah. has a, a good solid bit of acceleration. Yep. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. Okay, continue yeah. with your observations. Uh, uh, yeah, um, things you can't do in a movie now. I mean, all, pretty much everything that happens in this movie, all the stuff with the, the doctor and the cop and all that kind of thing, mm -hmm. most of that you could just solve with a cell phone. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yep. You, you check around here, I'll stay here. Just just get the cell phone. Um, That's funny yeah. because I tried to watch another TV series I tried to watch recently. Was I watched the first episode of The X-Files, the very first episode, and I'm like, wow, that whole hour... <laughs> was wasted because if you had a cell phone back then mm -hmm. this would have been solved immediately and it's the exact same <laughs> yeah. thing yeah. so it's like ruined an entire section of movies forever that you yep. can't remake or you have to fully rewrite because yeah i mean you can't strangle anybody with a phone cord now unless you're really retro um and you've got a phone with a cord on it yep. um plus the fact that everybody seems to know the the phone number of the house of everybody where anybody where their friends are babysitting well to be fair they did the sheriff does say it's a small family town so i'd say it probably is one of those sort of communities where a lot of people know each other yeah and it seems that the kids it's... parents probably knew each other maybe they've got it written down on a in a book or something yeah people yeah, used to do just, that yeah then you just like pick up pick up the cell phone so yeah um and then kind of i was watching it because it wasn't that i was bored as such like clayton um but i kind of because I, I figured out where it was going or you know you, you feel smart and you think oh i know what's going to happen here i just sort of started watching it in terms of how it was made and again not film students no expert this was just what what it struck me as and it all just seemed like everything is, is shot from a really long way away um mm -hmm. you know not a lot of close-ups except when it's when it's the doctor and the cop because particularly on on laurie um you know jamie lee curtis's character and i'm sitting there trying to be smart and thinking is that kind of because you, you're observing like Michael does yeah I would say so do, do, do you know what I mean yeah and so you get all this real detachment mm -hmm. so you're attempting to kind of you're being him and, and even when you see him from behind for most of the early part of the movie you don't even see his the, like the back of his head or anything it's just from shoulders down you know yeah. or through the mask when he when he's when he's a kid right and then I thought that even because he doesn't speak everything that you learn about him it's just all through the doctor so it's all second hand yeah, and do you so have if you to sit make... down at the end of it and go, what, what's the what's the motivation for Michael? Why is he like this? You've got no idea. No, that's right. He, he's and, just evil. Yeah, and that's one thing. Well, that's what the doctor tries to say. But you know, like I've looked into his eyes. His eyes are just pure black, or whatever it is. But it's like we need some backstory, man. Like I'm, like Clayton said this with the Princess Bride, and for that sort of movie, I didn't agree. But for this, it's like you need something like, um, you know. It doesn't really even explain how he got out of the mental institute properly, um, unless no, I wasn't paying no. attention. He was outside no, on a I, rainy I, day. I mean, yeah. How how did that happen? He, he, but but he was but he was outside outside, wasn't he? They were they were going up to the. Gates. Oh, he climbed the fence really and right? then jumped on the car. But they out, were going. You know, it's like... They were going to pick him up to take him to court in the middle of the night for some reason, um, yeah. to make sure he was going to remain locked up, as far as I know. But how did he get out? Yeah. Oh, he just and even did. if it's just getting out in the yard, what is it that easy? All you got to do is get out in the yard, and you can vault the fence. Yeah. Hey, 1979, people left their doors open. <laughs> no, 19. Well, not after this oh, movie. Yeah. yeah no. Um, um, yeah, it, it's kind of, and, and it, maybe again, it's one of those things where 
it was innovative then or it, maybe it was creepier then because you didn't know anything about him and that made him a little more eerie yeah and i get more... that point of view too but i was yeah. i felt like i was missing it I yeah no um... i i agree i kind of got to the end of it and went and maybe that becomes a little bit difficult to to find him scary because he's kind of a blank yeah but that's probably what they were trying to make yeah and, and this is what i mean scary. sort of intentional yeah. now now you absolutely you would have to fill it with backstory because people will come out of a movie and go yeah but what was he about why does he do it yeah sign of the times right yeah and also like right he's a six-year-old kid and i and when i say when i say a normal kid i mean he's just a kid he's he's mentally broken obviously but physically he's just a child right yeah um so then he goes and gets locked up straight away basically right from from a very young age and he's institutionalized for 15 years so how did he become super strong is this supposed to just be a mental thing he's so psychotic he just doesn't feel the pain but then he survived gunshots to the chest at the end yeah and we're not we're not taking any sequels and a a full clip yeah yeah we can't take any sequels into consideration because at this point there was no other movie no you know this wasn't a franchise so he he disappears from the lawn at the end and you assume that it's because that's just meant to be like this kind of creepy kicker thing yeah yeah if if you watch something like um, a comparison i would make would be um split with james mcavoy and he plays him um uh basically a mentally broken guy as well but with split personalities he's very uh, unstoppable in his characters although that becomes more of a supernatural thing as well and i think michael myers does have more of a supernatural being later on but i haven't seen all the movies but taking it just purely from this one i just wanted to know how he went from this physically normal kid to this um supernaturally unstoppable guy who's only probably like what 21 because he was six yeah. and then yeah yeah six to 15 sure yeah and he's obviously been working out in prison because he's not like a scrawny little kid either no um, there's a lot of him yeah yeah he somehow learns to drive but let's not go there no um, yeah that's another thing it's like <laughs> where did you teach him to drive um and it's all stick shift too or manual because it, it wasn't automatics right so um yeah, it's some interesting choices. That's not to diminish the movie. I do like what it is. Anyway, did you have more observations? No, that that was kind of that was about, about as deep as I got. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. it just seemed like a, an interesting way to be kind of detached from the character, and whether that was intentional from John Carpenter, and I'm going to assume it was. Yeah, you know, clever guy. Much respect. I'll go one. Um, go. Cops were dumb at that time. <laughs> well, he just if didn't hop- want to believe it. If you hotbox in a car, right? And, yeah. and nobody here has ever hotboxed a car. Just disclaimer. Yeah. If you hotbox in a car <laughs> and then you roll up to somewhere, you wind down your windows, all the smoke's going to go out and you're going to smell the weed. Didn't they have the mis- windows down? No, no, no. She had a window up then she had to wind the window down. Okay. And then yeah, pr- pretty quickly when she rolls up to dad. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. and then dad's just leaning in, having a conversation, yeah. none the wiser, and then lets her drive off. And on top of that, he's a dad who's the, the sheriff and specifically says, um, it's all these damn kids who just, you know, yes. smoke and drink and stuff. And it's like, so you know, like, I didn't even click, this is how dumb I was when I was watching, I didn't even click it was weed. I thought it was just cigarettes and that was bad enough back then. But I just assumed it was weed because they're passing it back and forth. Yeah, but then as soon as, and the first thing I thought as well is like, 
as soon as he leans in, he's going to smell smoke. Or in this case, weed. And it's like, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah. But no, we go can... on your merry way. The hardware store has just been broken into. See you later. We're just going to stand around here. Um, yeah. We could maybe do a whole subtopic on all of these, basically called Cops are Dumb. Um, yeah. that's, a, well, that's a good observation, though. But in that same scene, he's like, oh, probably some kids broke in. They stole some rope and like, all these murder things. <laughs> and, yes. and then the doctor's standing there going, there's a guy who's going to come to this town and murder people. No, there's not. Detective like, of the year. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, man. It took hey, so Haddonfield's long. Haddonfield's a sleepy little town. Yeah. That kind of thing just doesn't oh. happen here, despite the fact that it happened 15 years ago. Yes, and everyone's pretty much forgotten about it after only 15 years. Mm. Um, although we did talk about that on the Heavenly Creatures one, that you know this that murder was pretty big in our history, but no one really knows about it yeah. uh, outside of the movie. But um, I was going to say, so did any part of this movie, at any time while watching this movie, rather, did it make you jump, Clayton? No, Brian? but I do have a favourite scene. No, we'll get to favourite no. scene. Damn, so I was I, only one. I, I don't find I don't find horror movies when, when scary. I, th- I think there are movies that make me jump, but I don't. I wouldn't class them as being horror movies. No, Alien, oh, yeah. of suspense. Alien is a horror for, movie for all of those. Re- yeah, people think it isn't, but it is. The first think, one is. You know, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a Never suspense movie. That. It's it's all it's all built upon suspense, and that genuinely is suspenseful. Um, I've no. seen Alien vs. Predator, that was cool. Mm, yeah, we'll, we'll get you to watch the originals, they're much, much better. Um, has it got Predator so you were in say, it? We'll get to that Predator's at some point, cool. Alien vs. Predator. Well, we can um, watch Predator. Predator has Predator in it. Oh, I haven't seen that either. Yeah, so we, we could do that. We haven't done an Arnold movie yet, so... They will come. So, yeah, I, I did jump, but okay. it's it's it was in the scene where um, Dr. Loomis and the sheriff are in Michael Myers' house in the sister's bedroom. And they're talking, and then the drain pipe breaks and oh. smashes through the window. Right. Oh, yep. Because I wasn't yeah. expecting it at all. <laughs> I was just like, oh, crap. And um, like that happened to me in Jaws as well. There's a scene in Jaws that I keep forgetting is in there. And it makes me jump every time as well. Um, and it's nothing to do with the shark either. So that probably makes To follow worse. on from that, was there any part of it that made you laugh? Oh, just the absurdity. and But it's because it's dated. That's the only yeah. reason. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the bit where she sees she wanders in and sees her friend on the bed, and there's the headstone, and yeah, then the, the f- guy the guy falls down from you know he's he's basically hung up on the wardrobe, and then the door just mysteriously pops its way open, and her other friend is in there, the blonde girl, and I I was I laughed in spite of myself because it's just it was almost it kind of felt like comedy. You know, Again, probably not scene. 1978, but yeah, yeah. That whole scene, as it was panning out, mm-hmm. I was like. That headstone would have been quite heavy to lift up, eh? Mm-hmm. That's all I thought about through that whole scene. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah, there's dead bodies here, dead bodies here. And all I'm thinking about is, wow, he carried that headstone all the way Which you into never the saw. house, up onto the bed. And I'm like, oh, he yeah. must be pretty strong. That's Which is probably he... the only time the kid who kept looking out the window and seeing the boogeyman didn't see him moving was when he was lugging the headstone around because he saw yeah. him pretty much every other time. Yes! And... That's probably why he had to drive a station wagon around, because he was bloody carting this headstone around, and that's that was bizarre too. When when um, the doctor and the um, I want to say undertaker for lack of a better term, because I don't know the other term, are walking through the cemetery and they're like row 18, plot 20 or whatever it is, um, and then they they're walking along, 
And I'm like, ah, oh, those damn kids on Halloween stealing these headstones or whatever. It's like, who does this grave belong to? Who do you think it belongs to? <laughs> like, <laughs> Let me come see. on, dude. Let like, me count again. Sorry, hold up. Yeah, what a wild coincidence that would have been if it was just some other random headstone. And then why? What was the point of putting the headstone, which by the way was immaculately clean, um, on the bed? Point. Like, is it just so people know you're Michael Myers? But people already know that. What was the point of putting your sister's headstone on the? Because yeah. if the, if he had taken them to his old house, yes, I could understand that by Correct. putting a headstone there as like a homage to his sister. Yep. But they're in somebody else's house, and your house is still there, but you're still lugging the headstone. Yeah, I was lost at that part too. That was just a bizarre. Like he staged, like he was just murdering people, and then for this one, he decided to stage it. The guy who flips down out of the cupboard, the wardrobe. Yeah. Is he the guy um, who got lifted up and stabbed into the wall, or was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because when when Laurie walks into the, the house, I'm thinking, oh, she's you know she's going to see him there, and she kind of walks through the kitchen or wherever that was. You know, he, yeah. he was getting the beer, um, and he's gone. See, and that's bizarre too, because that's the first time you really see Michael Myers as a superhuman guy, because he lifts this dude up like Darth Vader does. Yeah. <laughs> and up Lift strangle stab. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then stabs him. And by the way, strong knife. That must yes. have been some plunge into the... Also thought the same thing. And yeah. strong cupboard door too, because it's and holding the, the whole weight of an side. adult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, then I thought, okay, so you've made a point. You did that for a reason. It's a, for the time, a brutal murder. And you've pinned him against the wall. But for what? Because now you've just taken him down and to go and stuff him upside down in a cupboard. It put, like, puts him somewhere while he then puts on a sheet, puts on the guy's glasses and effectively pretends to be him. Yeah, which I did like that scene. Yeah, that, that was kind of clever. Yeah, yeah, it was quite good. But, yeah. um, and there was a lot of 70s boobs in this movie. <laughs> like, it's just such a what? staple of horror movies, but especially what, like... What, what are 70s boobs? Well, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a thing. You watch old 70s movies, there's always boobs in it. Like, I suppose it's the same now. I just don't watch horror movies that much anymore. So, It's like when I watch Commando, there's a random scene where you get, like, uh, a topless lady. It's like, okay. Random nudity. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Random 70s nudity. Um, So, all right. That was a good chat. Does anyone else have anything to say? No. (laughs) No. The first time I've ever taken notes for one of these, I just wrote stuff down because I thought, I just want to wrap this down. Well, that's good. It led to some good combo. Okay, well, in that case, we'll hand it over to Clayton uh, for the facts. Here's the facts. Yes, I have notes too, bro. My hero, Clayton. Yeah, so I got... So, so I'm going to do the trivia, but... I watched the movie, then I went looking for the trivia, and possibly it may be swayed based on the information that I found more interesting than anything else. That's fine, it's your trivia. Um, because, you know, some of it doesn't, doesn't interest me because it was like, ah, I didn't really enjoy the movie, but it is what it is. So, here we go, trivia for you. Did you know that, as you already said, it's an indie film, but is the most successful independent film of all time? Mm-hmm. Wow. Based on the box okay. office, wow. yeah. Yep. Yeah, what, 78 million? Some such, yeah. 
Fiddler. I know. I was That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, the budget for it, as you've already said, was 300-odd thousand. 150k of that, so half of the budget was spent on cameras. They use Pana, Panavision cameras. I These are not the what... sort of facts I thought you'd find interesting. That's very good. Okay, keep going. I don't know what a Pana, Panavision camera does, but it had something to do with the scope and then the way it was filmed. Yeah, if you watch most movies at the end, the Panavision logo comes up still, I think. Like, it, was, it, was it filmed differently to previous movies at that time? Um, I'm not technically sound enough to answer what no, the difference is. No idea. Oh, I was just, no, the reason I, yeah. I, I thought it was interesting because it's like half your budget on cameras. It may have been a new <laughs> type of camera at the time or something. Well, it definitely wasn't spent on lighting. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, Truia 3, the name. The original script had a working title called The Babysitter's Murders. Um, mm-hmm. The original script had the murders going over a period of time. However, because of the budget, they decided to condense it down and make it over one night a la Halloween. Because it's the scariest night of the year. Okay. Did you know that? And that's how you make a genre, right? That's how you make a genre, yeah. Yes, sir. Um, The origin of the story was based on the, I'm going to say the director, um, him taking a trip to a psychiatric hospital and having a boy stare at him, which freaked him out. And gave him the premise of the story itself. Cool. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Now this one I I wanted to add, but I don't. I've never seen Psycho, so I don't know if this is correct or not. Um, it's an homage to Alfred Hitchcock and the, her mum being in Psycho. Is that correct? Yeah, that's yeah, what I Janet said before. Lee. Yeah. yeah, she's yeah, she's oh. the lady in the shower. She's the lady who gets stabbed in the shower. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so humor me. Ready Player One. You know how they have the scene in the shower. Is that is that the psycho? I can't part? remember Ready Player One. It's been a while since I watched ah. it. It's, yeah, it's been it's been kind of referenced a pile of times. It's like she's in it. She comes out the bath with a knife and stuff. She no, she's in. Um, someone pulls the curtain back, and oh. she's in the shower, and she gets stabbed, and then you see the blood going down the drain and stuff. Well, if so I'm not wrong, stabs her for anyone who's never seen it, just in case. If I'm not wrong, and not to to get too personal, but don't you have the psycho shower curtain, um, Brian? Um, yes, I do. Yeah. Thank you, a, London what? Dungeon. That is a great shower curtain. There is a, there is a curtain. certain curtain for it. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, it, because. Of course, it's nearly Halloween. Uh, that is up in the bathroom right now. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's um, bloody handprints. Crazy. Bloody handprints on a. Oh, yeah, and many a person has wandered into my bathroom and been frightened by that. <laughs> so it's paid for itself many a time. Uh, yeah. Very good. Please, oh. please don't unlike this podcast. It's just a joke. Yeah. So yeah. So her mum is one of the or the possibly the original scream queen, um, Janet Lee, who um, was the first. Psycho was like the first movie to ever have the character, the main protagonist you're following in the story, mm-hmm. die early in the movie. Yeah. No way. And that yeah. left the audiences going, what? Because you've invested <laughs> into this character's story, yeah. and then she's done, you're like, what? But you've got heaps of movie to go. And um, So that was the first time they did that. And her dad, um, if I'm not wrong, is Tony Curtis, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Some like it hot and all sorts Which of I things. just watched recently as well for the Did first you? time. Yeah. Classic. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Okay, I, 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 yeah. I mean, based on that whole shower scene as well, then, then Psycho surely is in the same movie archive as Halloween because I'm it changed sure the it game. Is. Yeah, it would have to be. Yeah, yeah and I think it, you can definitely see um, in Halloween uh, influence from Psycho in the way it, it does build up tension and use music mm. like that and mm. things yep. like that. Yeah. Good. Okay. Any more, Clayton? Oh, yeah, I got a couple more. I like the fact that you're talking about the trivia I found. It's fun. Yeah. Um, oh, on Jamie Lee Curtis, in addition, the female lead characters, the ones that die, and Jamie Lee Curtis, they're all portrayed as teenagers, but due to movie magic, Jamie Lee, teen, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is the only teenager. All the rest are older. Okay, cool. That's pretty common now, but I didn't know Jamie Lee Curtis was also actually a teenager during it, so that's cool. Uh, Mike Myers, he has his own Wikipedia page. Michael Go check Myers. It out. Michael oh. Myers. <laughs> Not Mike hey? Myers. Mike Myers. Mike Myers has a Wikipedia page too, but he's the actor from Shrek and Austin Powers. Oh, Michael Myers. Michael Myers is the serial killer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Michael Myers, yeah. not the Shrek dude, the other yeah. guy. Yeah. Uh, he has a whole Wikipedia page. Go check it out. But a fun fact for you is, so the adult version of the character was portrayed by one person, except for the last couple of scenes where two other people had to stand in for him. So that means three people played one character. In the same movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, movies, as you know, Halloween is a franchise. They've made remakes, sequels, sequels to remakes, remakes to sequels, and many, many more other stuff. Um, in addition, 2021 and 2022, they have planned Halloween movies coming out as part of the Halloween franchise. Those, so it will not die. Those are those are two sequels to the most recent Halloween movie. So that's which like a trilogy a in itself. Yeah. So there's the 2018 one, which is uh, the retcon direct sequel to the 78 Halloween. And then those two movies you're talking about are the sequels to that to make it a little trilogy of its own. All up, I counted about 14 movies and then I was just like, this is crazy. Yep. Cool. And my last point is for alternative casting. Um, I didn't look up alternative casting, so I'm going to cast this myself. Good. Um, for, oh, for, the small, for the small Michael Myers, um, we're going to have Frodo, but we can't have Frodo <laughs> because Frodo was born in 81. So Frodo's dad will have to play big Michael Myers um, because Frodo's Frodo wasn't dead. born. And, yeah, because he would be as adult and then because Michael Myers, the adult... He can play him. And then it's a connection to Frodo. Hang on, hang on. You want Elijah Wood to play Michael Myers? No, no, no. I want Elijah Wood's dad to play Michael Myers. Like his because... dad in real life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mr. Elijah Wood, Wood Senior, because then we can connect the dots and it's all connected, you see? So you're fan casting um, just to get your checklist, your, um, your <laughs> heritage. Your no, heritage no, I, I like there. where this is going. Run with the plate. Now, so Kate Winslet's going to be Laurie Strode then. No, Kate oh. Winslet, because she's only three years old at the time of the movie being released, is going to be cast as the little girl who needs babysitting. Oh, okay. That's, Boom. that's inspired. That is inspired. Nice work. There you, you go. Paid in there. Good work. All done. 
you didn't even cast Lori. Okay. All right. Let's move on. All right. Anyone oh, no, I know because I just we, no, we, we have to acknowledge this. Clayton has changed the game now. This yes. this is this is the game to see. Yep. You've you've raised the bar, it's my friend. It's a pretty easy game. So we just choose our movie and then we say who we would cast Kate Winslet and Elijah Wood as in that movie. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Okay. Well, def- definitely Kate. But Elijah but can take. I use the date that the movie came out. To, and googled the date of birth so you couldn't use Frodo because Frodo wasn't born. I'm not going to go that far but alright um, so Continuity anyone, So for you listeners who are who have your Heritage Film Club bingo cards out, we have now checked off Kate Winslet and Elijah Wood um, What are our other ones? Simpsons. We haven't done a superhero connection yet And superhero connection yeah, we done a And the Wolf of Wall Street Oh, yeah, and mentioning our unaired pilot, The Wolf of Wall Street, which will uh, be available one day. <sighs> Tick. I, I couldn't figure out superheroes or The Simpsons, but The Simpsons surely would have done something like this, yeah? There is a scene where, um, in one of, uh, I think it's, uh, it's not a Treehouse of Horror, but it's called Halloween something. Um, Homer is hiding from someone who's stalking them and and he says oh, i need to whistle a tune to calm myself down a happy tune and he whistles the halloween theme oh is it the x-files episode maybe i'm not quite sure I'm i think it's sure. called there, halloween something okay there is the one in, in cape fear where they do cape fear they're hiding from sideshow bob and he comes bursting into bart's room but unfortunately he's wearing a hockey mask with a chainsaw uh, so yeah. he does a horror thing but it's not technically halloween yeah, that's a mashup in its own right, though. Yeah. Um, okay, well, we'll I'm sure there is definitely, there has to be. I mean, this this movie is too iconic, and Simpsons has been going for too long to not have... There'd be something in there somewhere. Something. Yeah. We have failed you. I'm sorry, people. Um, superheroes. Can't find superheroes either, no, so go forget. I... It'll have to be a six degrees of some sort, because you'd have to start with Jamie Lee Curtis and... I mean, she's has not she even played a superhero work. movie? No. To be honest, Clayton, if you'd if you'd fan cast Margot Robbie as Laurie Strode, not for age or whatever, then we could have said, hey, she's Halle Quinn," because yeah. you know sometimes we get a Margot Robbie reference in there too. Oh, now, now yeah, we're just trying no, to just on our own podcast. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just, we, 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 we're down a spiral now. Yeah, we are. All right. Um, is that all of your trivia? That's all my trivia. Okay, then I'm going to throw it. in that the mask is a Captain Kirk mask, the mask Michael Myers wears. Um, the they went the production team went to a mask maker. They didn't take the job, so the props guy just went and bought a Captain Kirk mask from a shop, um, stretched it out, painted it white, and Michael Myers is Captain Kirk. Hold so, up. so I asked you today who Captain Kirk was, yes. and then you sent me a picture of it, and then I'm like, oh, I was thinking of Spock, the dude. The dude Wait. with the long pointy ears? Well, at least you were close. Like, I know who Spock is. I didn't know who the captain was. But the captain looks human. So is it literally just, like, human masks stretched out over a human face? It, it was William Shatner's likeness, the mask. Because he was Captain Ah, Kirk. okay. And oh, I think it was an actual, like, Star Trek licensed mask or something. And, uh, yeah, he just took it. He stretched it out a bit and... Um, painted a white and there you go you know William Shatner is a homicidal maniac is there William Shatner, Shatner can't do right he didn't even have to be in the movie to be in the movie Captain Kirk Denny Crane 
scary mask man. Oh, Danny Crane. Yeah. <laughs> Good. All right. Has he been in a superhero movie? William no. Shatner. Shatner. Yeah. No. Damn it. Not to my knowledge. No bingo. No full bingo this week. No. Maybe next time. Unless the fans have answers, and then if you're listening and you have answers to fill in the bingo card, let us know. Um, all right. So who's your um, MVP, Clayton? Um, Michael Myers. So you actually like the character? Yeah, because that ties into all my favourite scenes. Okay. Um, Brian? Carpenter's score. Yeah, it's the MVP. Pretty, yeah. So to go technical, no one else... I mean, Donald, Pre- Donald Pleasant's always did really, really good creepy. Yeah. Pretty much everything he's in, always creepy in some fashion, but Carpenter's score. It's funny, though, because he's the, he's the doctor who's supposed to be the good guy, and then... But he's one of the creepiest people in the whole movie. Yep. Then you're sort of like, maybe you made Michael Myers. <laughs> so, like Michael <laughs> Some Myers laboratory and, experiment like, and like torturing. Yeah. Or just, yeah, I don't know. But um, also, I was just going to tell this to Clayton. But did you know that um, in Halloween 2, they actually tell you that Laurie Strode's character is the sister of Michael Myers? Huh? What? Oh, Brian didn't know that either. Well, hold on, hold on. So no, Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis's how does that work? Character, so, yeah, is the sister of Michael Myers, a, a younger sister. Hold up. So where's her parents? So she was adopted after the murder happened. Oh, because uh, this what? is what I read because I haven't seen Halloween too. But uh, apparently she was adopted out and raised by um, a f- by foster parents, and the records were sealed, so she'd never know. In the same town. Yeah, in the same town. And right. So oh. if she's supposed to be... What is she supposed to be? 17? Yeah, in the movie? Yes. yeah. So then she would... He was 21. So there's a four-year difference. So she would have been two when he was um, killing his older sister. Right. So where was she? In the car, maybe? Maybe, but if you've got someone... Uh, at home babysitting. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. You'd probably yeah, leave the baby there. Now I'm starting to understand why they retconned this out for the, what, the 2018 version. From what I understand, that's what I read. I haven't watched it either, but I'm, okay. I'm sort of right. kind of wanting yeah. to watch it now. Hold yeah. on, so, so you know Halloween 2, right? Yes. It, does it just carry on? Does the chase just carry on? No, it carries on. It starts directly after this one. Um, oh, Michael oh, okay. has disappeared. Um, and then I think it's set in a hospital. Uh, Laurie Strode goes to hospital and Michael Myers comes to the hospital and kills his way through the hospital to get to her. But it's like supposed that. to be like set directly after like the next day. Yeah, not the same night or whatever. Yeah. The same night. Oh, yeah. I wonder what the body count is in that one. Probably more. But Ooh. what I actually liked about this movie, I've gone way off topic, but um, what I do like is that it ends. So he has disappeared, but then it ends with his breathing and all the shots of the different locations mm-hmm. so it's yeah. sort of giving you the sense of like he could literally be anywhere um, which I kind of enjoyed I thought that was a really cool thing so for my MVP yeah probably just John Carpenter not just because of the score but I actually did like the directing in the movie as telegraphed as some of the shots were but again that's probably hindsight yeah I think I just think he did a really good job and so if you mix that in with his score it's like a really good package but I will give props to Jamie Lee Curtis too, because 
she did a pretty good job. She she was a bit weird in some scenes. And there were a few scenes where she was talking or crying or sobbing or whatever. That sounded like it was um, recorded, the audio was recorded in post again and yeah. dubbed over. It sounded really dubbed. But yeah, I'll go John Carpenter. So what's your favorite scene, Clayton? So, ex- oh, sorry, just one question with Jamie Lee Curtis. Did this movie put her on the map? Like, was this her breakout? Like, it certainly was. It was. Yeah. So she had tried to, um, she had auditioned for John Carpenter's other movies in the past and, and been rejected. And then she auditioned for this one because she was a fan of his work. And apparently he didn't particularly want her, but they were running out of time and they had... <laughs> a low budget and everything and so he took her and she went on to break out and become a big star oh crazy yeah um so it's my favorite scene excluding the first one is all the murders okay i think everybody could have guessed that yeah because they're all done different ways they were unique have you watched getting thrown up against the wall getting stabbed getting strangled and having orgasms over the phone while you pass out, while your friend thinks you're having sex? Sweet. Okay. Have you seen Final Destination? Uh, that's the one where they're riding, like, they're riding a truck and the, and the pole comes out and smacks them in the car. They're and then they're on a roller coaster and the brakes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I find those movies fun. Yeah, exactly. Same as me. Yep. I like movies that are horror movies, but they're inventive. And those movies... Uh, so that like every yeah. murder is unique different yeah, yeah. brilliant yeah. yeah and in this every murder was different which i enjoyed because it would be quite boring if he just ran up and killed them at least he did it different ways you know you know i'd fun. forgotten and i was actually expecting him to come and just stab everybody because it is a slasher yeah. film yeah yeah me too it's a, there's a lots of lots of strangling i thought even when he's, he's he kills the first girl in the car and i thought you know the, the strangulation took me by surprise her too um yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd kind of i just think in my head it was oh yeah he's you know literally a slasher movie but not so that, that was, that no, was pretty it really for me is more of a thriller than a horror because it really has more of a psychological um sort of messes with you that way more in your mind it makes you think about it than the, the yeah the jump scares and things like that but yeah okay yeah. what's your favorite scene brian um yeah i struggle to, to think of a of an overall favourite scene, I'll probably go with the one where um, Laurie finds her friends one by one, having been butchered. It's going to sound weird purely because it made me laugh. That's my right favourite scene. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh man. Um, I like the scene where they get to the mental institution and Dr. Loomis gets out of the car to check the gate or whatever, and the nurse is left alone in the car. And Michael Myers jumps up on the roof, which is also very like James McAvoy moves in split. Um, then he sort of smashes through the window, and like that's quite a tense scene. That's quite cool. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't really think too much about it because I was just sort of in the movie. But go on, pick a murder. Be like the rest of us. <laughs> I, uh, as much as I spoke against it earlier, I I do like when it comes down to just Michael Myers and. Laurie Strode in the house, um, the knitting needle in the neck, and all of these things. It's a bit annoying that the doctor had to be the one to save her at the end, um, and she didn't actually pull off the the victory herself. Yeah, I don't know. Um, 
if I have to pick a murder, I'd probably go with the one in the car as well, even though it was very anticlimactic in a way, because you knew he was going to be in the backseat. Mm. I'll go with that. That'll do. All right. Cool. All right, so Clayton, you're on the fence about this, or is it a thumbs down? Oh. Okay. Initial reaction, thumbs down. Okay. Brian? Yeah. Thumb nudging upwards. Yeah, I'm probably similar to that. I, I like it more than I dislike it. Yeah, and I appreciate yeah, it for that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, and I appreciate it for um for what it did. I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. Part of that is, is historic value. Yeah. And I wonder now if Clayton watched the first Nightmare on Elm Street or you know, maybe not the first Friday the thirteenth, maybe the second one. Um if you would enjoy those more, because I feel like and I could be wrong because it's been a long time they might be more slashery I'm intrigued to see what the body count for Halloween 2 is because if he's going into a hospital there's a lot of people in the hospital he can just start carving people up yeah but yeah I don't know I def- yeah I need to watch that too because I feel like it'd be out of place because he sort of hides in the shadows when it's night time and I don't know really how you do that in the hospital so I need to watch that as well but that's in, terms of, this, in terms of the first Nightmare on Elm Street, then um, come back in a year. This is yeah. our Treehouse of Horror. See yes. you in a year. <laughs> let's, do, let's do this again. We could do the first um, first Nightmare on Elm Street, first 3D movie. We could. It has um, an unknown star named Johnny Depp in it. Or we could do the him. priest. The priest. Yeah, the priest. Is oh, that a more recent one? Me. See, I'm yeah. kind of following. Yeah, more recent. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Mm. Well. As long as the listeners want us to keep coming back for a year, then um, yeah, we'll do we'll do something. But we had to start Halloween off with Halloween. It seemed fitting. So, with that, we'll wrap up this episode. A bit longer than I expected, but that's all right. And I'll give you my pick for episode ten of the Heritage Film Club podcast. Are you gonna hype us up? I am not. Boo. Okay, Boo. a little bit. Yay! There's a bingo card, remember. We've got a bingo card to fill here. I'm just trying to think. Don't know if we can tick anything off. We'll find a way, though. One of them will be easy. Right, so, Brian started to take it lighter with Thank You For Smoking. We took it dark again with Halloween. Although Clayton found it funny. And I'm going to take it lighter again. It is a comic book movie. Our third comic book movie. (laughs) And... Uh, it is based on an indie comic series of books. Ooh. Six, six books. Oh, I know what oh. it is. Oh. Yeah. It is. I know what it is. We've done one of the director's movies in the past already, which was Shaun of the Dead. We're going to watch next week. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yes. Have you seen it? Yeah. It's oh. fun. Uh, well, now we don't need to do it because we've just given our reactions, <laughs> so I'll choose my second choice. No. Alright, well. No, you've come, named it, it's in. It's in. Come back and tell us after you rewatch it, Clayton, whether you I'm, still like it. I'm intrigued to to find out from you guys, because I'm guessing you guys, because this is based on an actual comic book story, yeah? Six like books, the, yeah. the comic yeah. came first in the movie? Yep. Uh, most of the comics came first. It wasn't mm, uh, finished. Yeah. Cool. So I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see what you think in comparison to the two. But find out next week. And um, I'll be really interested to hear your guys' MVPs for that movie too. 
So. It's been a while. Looking forward to it. It's been a while for me too. I'm looking forward to it as well. All right. So you can follow us on uh, Instagram at Heritage Film Pod. You can follow us on Facebook at Heritage Film Pod. Drop us a line, heritagefilmpod at gmail.com. Or visit our anchor site, anchor.fm slash heritagefilmpod, where you can leave us a free voice message with your thoughts on uh, Halloween, the show, or Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, our next movie. You can drop us comments on Instagram, direct message us uh, on Facebook and Instagram. Let us know what you think uh, of the show, suggestions for the show. We'll read all of the comments. So, uh, follow us on those. And I think that's all our plugs. With that, we'll see you in a week with Scott Pilgrim. Until then, we are out. I spent eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. Loved what you've heard on this week's episode? Well, well, the answer is simple. It would mean the world to us if you could head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review and feedback. Spreading the word really is the best way to grow our podcast and achieve even greater things. Thank you. you. That's the end. Thanks for listening.